a good one. Play with me. Here's a good one. Knock, knock, who's there? Arden, 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 you the quack who'd make a better duck. <laughs> pepper, 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 bo, pepper, banana, fanna, fo, pepper, fee, fi, mo, mepper. She's crowning. He took one look at the shape of my head, and I was locked up for good. Throw it away. Now. How could you do this? How could you kill him? He deserved it. Welcome, everybody, to Dead Talk Live. I'm your host, Viz, and it is my honor tonight to welcome two very special guests, Alec Mashira and Naomi Grossman. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing great. Good. 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 Thank you so much for being here with us. Uh, now, you two are old friends. Alec, how did you meet Naomi? Well, I, I just wanted to tell you, uh, it's pronounced Alok, uh, just Alok. so you know. I mean, I, I'm it, sorry. It's fine. People, it was a, it's a, it, my, my name is in Sanskrit. It's a dead Indian language. No <laughs> one is to be blamed. But uh, but uh, Naomi Grossman and I met like ugh, over 20 years ago, I want to say, where I feel like an old person. She looks beautiful. I look old. Uh, but uh, we um, were became friends because her uh, – college classmate who went to Northwestern with her was my friend from high school. And so when they finished school, you come to LA or New York to be an actor, actress, let's say. And uh, so when my friend Lilla Zuckerman is actually one part of a very famous writing duo, the Zuckerman sisters who have written on everything from agents of shield to like, Oh my gosh, suits to everything. They're just a power, power uh, duo. They came back out here. Um, she came back out here, and Naomi came uh, with her in sort of tow. Uh, and uh, then, you know, Lilla's friends became Naomi's friends. And so for literally, you know, more than 20 years, she wow. was networking uh, with a, a potential producer who didn't know he was going to be one, but knew he wanted to have Naomi Grossman in his movie. That, that... It's true. I. Uh, it's funny, you know, Lilla has has never cast me, which is crazy because, you know, just like you said, she's, yeah, she's a big deal. And, uh, you know, uh, but I, hey, she introduced me to you. And so her work here is done, I guess, maybe. And a friendship right. has been formed forever. Uh, now, Naomi, uh, I mean, you are very well known for the American horror story uh, roles that you have played. How did that come your way? Did you just audition? Were you uh, selected? Were you asked to do it? Tell us how it came your way. Yeah, that was an audition like any other. Um, you know, one day you get a phone call from your agent. They say, you know, they're looking for a four to five feet tall, possibly malformed, childlike actress uh, to play this part. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I got the sides, which were really just sides is like a industry term for like, you know, the scene that mm -hmm. they wanted me to do, yeah. which was actually a, um, a scene of from Jessica Lange, uh, one of Jessica Lange's scenes uh, from season one. Uh, and I think the reason for that is that, well, I don't think they had season two, you know, entirely written yet. Uh, but also, of course, they tend to be very, very secretive. And so, you know, the minute they actually say like pinhead or, you know, microcephalic or whatever, it's sort of like jig is up. Like then all of a sudden, all the actors, all the managers, all the agents, everybody in Hollywood knows what American Horror Story is doing next season. And that's, mm -hmm. that's just not like them. So um, that's why they came to be kind of a dummy script from, from the season prior, um, just to see if I could act. And then they, they also gave me a ball and they said, uh, we'd like you to do a little improv and see uh, if you could get us to play with you as if you were, you know, a four, four or five year old. So um, it was kind of a confusing audition, you know, because I had like this really kind of meaty, uh, uh, very adult scene to do. And then I had this, you know, 
be a five-year-old, which, you know, in Hollywood, they really do tend to, you know, in theater, it's very common to play like a little old lady or a, 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 a child or whatever. But with television and, and film and TV, they tend to really, you know, cast you at your age. Like I'm, I, I you know, I'm lucky if I play 30s now, you know. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it, to play a four-year-old, that was, um, that was something it, I don't get every day. Um, but hey, it was it was a, a kind of a wild audition. I remember it going very well and thinking like, great, that's the audition I name I nail. Uh, only because at the in the actual audition room, there were probably like I don't know a good twenty like little people also waiting. And I thought, you know, no way. Like I I don't stand a chance. I mean, as much as I am petite, like I'm you know I'm five feet of fun but uh you know i was a giant compared to these people so i really i didn't think i stood a chance um but uh hey it, it worked out absolutely it's a good absolutely Honestly, worked out i always say to myself like and and to aspiring actors you know it's really not our job to cast like when you get the audition you just do you mm -hmm. and or or do what you have in mind um but it's it's don't you decide that you're not right for that part. Mm -hmm. That's for them to do. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad I, I came very close to sabotaging myself, and I'm glad I did. Oh, so are we. We're going to get back to Pepper in a second. I want to get to Alec. Now, Alec, when your good friend got the part of Pepper and you got to see her on the screen for the first time, what were your thoughts? Well, the funny thing was... I. Naomi showed I up. I called you. Wait, like, wait, like, wait. I got a, I screwed up your name again. Oh, look. Oh, I'm okay. so I'll, sorry. I'll, I'll, here's how you remember it. A loke as in smoke. A loke. A loke. Or, or, rhymes, or rhymes with a joke. Exactly. A loke. All right. You now, look. What did you, you think when it. you first saw Naomi as Pepper on AHS? So what happened was that before anything aired, she showed up to a birthday party at a, a Thai food restaurant and her head was all shaved. And we were like, what is going on with your head, Grossman? And she's just like, I can't talk about it. And we were like, okay, now I'm intrigued. Now I, now I want you to talk about it. She's like, I can't talk about it. So finally, we did figure out she was on like that second season of American Horror Story. We're like, oh my gosh, we're going to have parties for this. And we did. Like I think almost every episode we were – going to someone's house to watch like have like really nice cheese and wine or something and then watch like her go to town on that part so we actually it was very communal in that regard so i was able to see it with her and with like you know, our other friends and stuff like that it was like just a, an awesome celebration and then as sort of the um character continued and like i mean she is obviously one of the most adored characters on american horror story like people cannot wait Till they bring her back yes. to the to the point that like every time she's on a season of American Horror Story, like she's the number one looked up person, if not one of the number one, but I think the number one looked up person on IMDb. Mm -hmm. You think it's Angelina Jolie or Brad Pitt? No, it's Naomi Grossman. Exactly. So it's a thing where, you know, it got to a, a place where, you know, there's like, you know, uh, watch parties at like, you know, Gay bars, like, I don't know, one was the epicenter that we'd all go to and we'd watch it with a bunch of, like, you know, dudes who are loving her and, like, you know. And also, you know, people like um uh, the guy that, oh, am I getting his name wrong, who played Meep, God rest his soul. Um, like, he's with us. And, like, all these other people that were in American Horror Story for that season were hanging out with us. And it's like a party. Like, it was so much fun. Like, people adore her. I mean, she can tell you. When she goes to conventions, it's like, you know, it's crazy. Like, exactly. they love her. So, and anyway, I, that, that's my experience of watching it with her. If that makes I sense. can elaborate a little bit on that. Uh-huh. Um, only because it's true. When I first got cast in the part, they shaved all but that little hair yarmulke. You know, mm -hmm. that, little, that little pigtail was my hair. And up until then, I had had, like, this little kind of conservative bob my entire life. So for me to just all of a sudden like run around like as like a bald woman with this little like top notch. Like a hurry Krishna. That was, yeah, that was going to be really hard for me to justify. I, like 
what did you just go join a cult basically um so uh they actually gave me a wig and so i know that you know people were like what's with naomi's hair like naomi's been having like a lot of really good hair days like consistently uh <laughs> and then yes at one point i finally did i was able to lose the wig, shave the yarmulke, and, um, you know, brave the world uh, as a, you know, just a very short-haired person. But, um, yeah, in fact, I want to say Lilla, our mutual friend, Alope, was actually one of my um, plus ones at our premiere. Um, and even she said, she was like, I always wondered, I thought you were going to come out with, like, a bunch of penises coming out of your head. I wanted to know secret you were a hold you know trying to keep so now, i guess i did a pretty good job you did a great I'm job keeping the secret anyway now when did you find out did you know at the audition what uh pepper would look like not at all what? i mean like i said they wanted to keep that all a huge secret um it wasn't until i was in the makeup chair like having having been cast that they actually asked if I would be okay with having my head shaved. And, um, and you know, and they showed me pictures. They were like, this is how you're going to look, so you might want to do a little research. You know, I, I got all of my sort of direction from the makeup, um, which is pretty wild. Actually, uh, they just got nominated for an Oscar today. Um, they did Glenn Close's makeup in Hillbilly Elegy. Wow. Same team. So, yeah, they, they know what they're doing. So when you found out about the head shaving, the elaborate makeup they're going to do on you, how did, I mean, how did you personally feel about that? Um, you know, I, I, I just wanted to work. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I was a little trepidatious only because I really hadn't been cast much in a traditional way uh, prior to that. Yeah. So, you know, I was kind of like, why? Why would this big, big TV show want to cast me, like pay me top of show to shave my head and be like, be one of the craziest in the in the asylum like uh, of all the actors in the world you know why why me like and I so I I think I was just concerned that maybe you know it was like an extra role or just one of those little background nothing roles and I'm like gosh shave my head for to just be like one of an army of pinheads and that's kind of what I assumed I would be only because honestly that was kind of the level I was at at the time like I wasn't I, I wasn't at like, you know, guest star status yet. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I, that was my only concern was like, okay, I want to make sure this isn't just like some director's reel or, you know, I, I'm not being like duped. Like Ashton Kutcher isn't going to like <laughs> jump out of the bushes with, you know, ha ha. <laughs> You've like, been punked. Yeah. Yeah. No. But like punk, like now, now you're bald. <laughs> now so, in the, know, in the whole American horror. This is a real thing. This is an actual like opportunity. Oh yeah. I was totally on board. Like like I said, I just I it's not like I had a fabulous head of hair or was like, you know, a Pantene model or anything. It's not like I was missing out on any major opportunities by virtue of, you know, having a shaved head. I mean, quite the opposite for that matter. It really Oh, yeah. I mean, look at I mean, and now I know. I know that I have I can rock short hair i can rock long hair that's what wigs are for like mm. i you know i mean samantha morton did it for the walking dead it's 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 the in thing to do so right. you, you know you were one you know not the first but you were definitely uh, people saw pepper and they're like hey you know if naomi grossman can do it i can do it uh and i just want quick we're gonna be jumping around just to let you guys know. But I have one more question in regards to AHS. I have more, but for, for right now, you were in season two, which is by far the most popular season of American Horror Story, and in my opinion, the best season so far. Uh, you were also in Freak Show. Now, in the timeline of AHS, Freak Show happened before Asylum. Is that correct? Yes, in the... Yeah, Freak Show is a prequel. Okay, okay. Now, uh, look, uh, you are a producer. 
I, many years ago, you know, I've been watching movies since I was, can remember. We see producer on the screen all the time. And I really wanted to know, this is many, many years ago. What the hell does a producer do? Okay. <laughs> Besides, obviously, the word produce. And, you know, when I first read it, it basically, when I summed it up to myself, a little bit of everything. How would you define the role of a producer? I think a producer is a connector. I think a producer finds material, maybe finds money, um, combines the, you know, finds the talent and figure out maybe figures out who's maybe right for the role. I mean, obviously casting director does that too, but the producer has to kind of see how from a God's eye view, how all that's going to fit together and then figure out also the right director who shares a similar vision for the project um, with the producer. So it, it really is kind of a super connector of all these elements. And um, even after it's over, I mean, I think that, Modern producers, especially indie producers, have to be um, people that understand like having a marketing plan for your film because like these people, these you know these lovely middlemen. We have a great sales agent um, distributor, Dark Sky MPI. They're very much a boutique agency who knows how to handle handle films like this. But listen, they got twenty films going on, so like they're gonna handle you and they're gonna do. They're gonna literally lead that horse to water. But you gotta really make sure that horse drinks the water. And that's kind of having a plan, whether it's like a festival plan coupled with then a plan of what you're going to do all over the world with all your other distribution partners that they've hooked you up with. So I think that's sort of, a, again, coming back to the word super connector. That's what a producer does in this day and age, I that, will tell you. That's a great description. Now, you're the producer of 1BR. By the way, congratulations. Fantastic movie available on Netflix. Uh how did you get involved with that? Um, oh, I, I, produce... I want to just add to, to the last question, if I may. Oh, yes. Because Alok, Alok is all of that and even more. I mean, the fact is, when you don't have money, when it's a low-budget movie, you got to wear all the hats. You're connecting all the connections. You know, everything that he said and more. Like... You know, he, he did all those things, but he also, when the when you know some of the friends and families that were supposed to come as an you know be our background extras on a given day didn't show, in goes a look. Um, in fact, we often joke if you for a good time watch one br. Pour yourself a weak drink and drink every time you see a loc on screen, you will be drunk by the end of that tight 90 minutes. I guarantee. You know, when um, we, there was another actress actually slated to play Sarah, um, and uh, she had like this ridiculous writer. She needed uh, some feminine energy drink. And, uh, when Alok, you know, Alok called the company and arranged to have like an entire truckload come, but it was going to come like a day or two late. Oh my God, our diva actress wow. is going to be without her feminine energy drink for, you know, a, a, an entire, you know, shoot day or two. What are we going to do? Well, what does Alok do? He drives all the way out to the boonies to go find some of this, you know, drink at some, you know, fancy far off grocery store, um, which he did, which again, you know, in the, when you've got all the money in the world, uh, you know, when you're American Horror Story, you've got minions for that. You know what I mean? There's PAs uh, upon PA, upon PA, upon PA. Yeah. I mean, American Horror Story, there was like somebody implied, uh, employed just to put my lens in my eyes. Somebody employed just to pull the curtain to make the, the tent look windy. You know, but when you're a low budget, like independent producer, like like Alok was in in this particular, I mean, he's gonna be a big budget guy soon. I can just smell it. Oh yeah. But um, you know, you're you're wearing all of the hats. You are you are um you know a connector, like he said. But you're you're kind of um you're anticipating problems, <laughs> and you're 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 providing the solution. So. That's so, really that's sweet cool. of you, Naomi. That's really sweet of you. And you may even be uh, um, 
uh, mortgaging your already paid for house uh, to make the movie even happen. I mean, that's allegedly, that's All- allegedly. allegedly. <laughs> I mean, so, there's tax people. I don't I want to interrupt. Either. I just I felt like you needed that was a time for to give you some props, and oh, so I needed mean, much props to a great movie. So going back to my original question, how did you get involved with the project? Well, um, I was um, I was looking for sort of thinking man's horror movies. My I have a producing partner, just so you know. Like we have a company called Malevolent Films. We're trying to do thinking man's horror movies. My producing partner's name is Shane Borister, and we had been looking and we had gotten very close to actually shooting one thing. I happened to have lunch with um, Allard Cantor and Jared Murray, who have a, a company. They're managers. Uh, they have a company called Epicenter, and they actually represented David Marmer. It just so happens Allard Cantor went to high school with my wife in New Jersey. So I, uh, I had one of these douchebag lunches you have in L.A. where you talk about the projects you're working on and you talk about, like, you know, how you're so important or something or whatever. And Allard was so sweet. He sent me two scripts, which I didn't read for six months. And then when another project – because I was, I was actually working on another project. I was very close to shooting it. And when that project fell apart very last minute, I started going crazy reading scripts, including those scripts that I hadn't read, one of them which was Tragedy Girls, which is an excellent film. Um, and then the other one was uh, 1BR. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think horror comedies are hard to do. Yeah. And so I told them, uh, you know, uh, I would never do it because of that. And they were like, well, we just finished shooting that. And I was like, well, what do I know? But I don't do 1BR. And, and then David Murray, we had a nice, like, coffee I got the Culver Hotel or something here in LA and uh, in Culver City actually, and we had the same sensibilities. And he's a super sweet, incredibly intelligent guy. He won't he will never tell you, but he went to Harvard, and you know then you know went to USC for uh, directing for a graduate program, and in the middle before that even like started a video game company, sold it to Activision. Like so, I mean the guy is an amazingly intelligent man and also a very sweet man, and I can tell from his personality we would get along and his love of certain kinds of movies that we both love, whether it be Texas Chainsaw Massacre or, you know, yeah. uh, you know, Carpenter's thing or whatever it was. We had the same sort of ideas of what we thought were scary and interesting and cool. And his script was like just perfect. I mean, in a lot of ways. I mean, we couldn't film as much as much of it as we wanted because uh, we didn't have the money. Yeah. So uh, the bottom line was we got along. We, we, we thought like he's a first time director. We're first time producers. What could go wrong? Everything. There we are. But I mean, before that, Shane and I actually tested movies. We did market research for film, so we had a a lot of interesting experience. A lot of producers sort of don't have uh, in terms of trying to help fix films and different things like that. So we definitely come kind of came to it with a different perspective than a lot of producers do, and I think that's perhaps one of the reasons that we were able to take this little sort of film as if it was our proof of concept for what we could do with bigger film and actually you know, make something that was successful. Um, thankfully, thankfully successful. We're so grateful in that yes. regard. And uh, did you premiere the film in festivals? Well, that was the plan. Um, we, um, we knew that it had to have a good festival strategy and we were trying very hard to get into festivals. Here's a piece of advice. If you aren't finished with your film, do not give it to any festivals because they're not going to, you think they're going to see with better eyes than what, you know, what you have yeah. shown them, but they're not going to, frankly. And you should, you'd be best like, Oh, you're just thinking to yourself like, well, I don't want to miss Sundance. I can't wait a whole year. You know, I, I don't want to miss this, that, the other South by Southwest. You can miss them because they're not going to accept you and you're probably going to spend some money unless you have some sort of friend who knows a friend who can get you a waiver. You're going to spend the money that you don't want to spend. So we actually got it into good enough shape and we actually brought on um, an executive producer named Peter Polk who is an amazing producer. He does all Thai West stuff, but like, you know, House of the Devil was one of his pieces of work and he's just a super nice guy. And I met him through a friend at a bar. And I was like, ah, I wish we could get into Fantasia. We've applied. I don't know what's going to happen. And he just like, you know, he's like, I love your film. I want to help you. And I was like, well, if you can help us, you know, help us with distribution, help us with things we don't quite know or help us navigate these things. And he was so lovely to help us with this. And like, I, I can't wait to work with him again on something even bigger, hopefully. Um, but he he helped us. Uh, was definitely instrumental in helping us, uh, helping us get attention at Fantasia. 
And once we got to, into Fantasia, we had really studied the festival circuit very hard. And to the point that actually I wrote an article uh, for Movie Maker Magazine with uh, 11 other of my cohorts, um, Heather Buckley, who did The Ranger, for example. She was a part of that crew. And David Gregory from Severin and like all these really cool people, 12 like masterminds put an article together for Movie Maker Magazine about the 50 best genre festivals in the world. Mm -hmm. And it used to be 25, but I made them do 50 because I was like, there's so many little fiddle festivals that get overlooked. And, and, and doing the research and understanding the things, we had our list of festivals we want to go to. Once we got into Fantasia, I, we went out to all of, the, all of them that didn't approach us. They started approaching us, actually. And so we got to go to like uh, 15 uh, festivals all over the world. And we made sure we went to the festivals. Because we wanted to like you know sh talk to people and show you know people what we had done, uh, and we wanted to also meet, make sure we met all the festival directors. So next time, we hopefully don't have to apply, and we can just yeah, like you build the connections. Phone and be, hey, yeah, hey, like well, we'd love to like you know have you over to us. I mean, we became such cl good close friends with so many of them. Like we have a house at Sundance, and uh, well, you know one of the festival directors from Monster Fest in Australia. I came to sit with us, along with Naomi, by the way. And, like, uh, you know, we became very close to people with the idea. And that festival trajectory helped build awareness for the film on a, a market level, a territory level, right? Mm -hmm. And so when Dark Sky, when we, when we went with them and they were going to release us, there was awareness of the film. And awareness to the point that, yeah, we opened right during COVID, April 24th, I want to say. And we didn't get a theatrical as we were supposed to. We didn't get it. We didn't get dressed up like a premiere. We had that plan too, over at the Alamo Draft House, like in our ArcLight, sorry, in you know LA, whatever. The the idea is that the we built such awareness for the film, and we were able to open huge on VOD to the, the Netflix picked us up, and then we got to number one on Netflix. But a, a lot of that was because we had a strategy after we opened. And we found out Netflix is finally going to take us. And they didn't want to take us at first either. Like mm -hmm. I said, like they, we had to woo them to, to show them VOD numbers that finally you know, let them take us. And even then, I think they were sort of like, you know, iffy. But basically, when we found out in May, we were going to be on in uh, August. We worked really hard. Naomi was a huge part of that, I got to say, and all, all the other actors. But Naomi was really just been like a champion of this movie where she'll come on and do these podcasts almost a year later, right? We're in March. It, was in, it opened last April. We're still doing stuff, you know, sorry, not podcasts, but live streaming events like this. <laughs> but um, the, the point being It does that help that we're in a pandemic. I live alone, am single, am an extreme extrovert, and, like, desperate to talk to, like, anyone. <laughs> like, so, yes. I mean, I think, I think I, that this helped her as much as it helped us. But we were all helping each other, you know, with together. We were a family, right? And so by the time we got to Netflix, we were in the top five the first day and we were in the top five for the next eight days and we got to number one our little no budget film got to number one in the u.s number three in canada and it was just crazy i mean i cried because it was like everything we had worked for had come to fruition like yes. this like 80 you only have so many friends in this world you don't have 86 million friends like netflix has subscribers right yes. to get to number one to beat jamie fox's project power yes. out of the number one spot to the, the point that a Forbes article is written, who the hell is this little movie that just beat Jamie Foxx's movie, yes. right? Like, that doesn't happen every day. So it was a happy ending in this regard. I, I, I jokingly said to Nia, well, I didn't jokingly, I really thought it was real. I was like, ah, all right, we had a good run. It's all over. We did it. We got to the top of that mountain and it's over. And she's like, what are you, what are you talking about, you jackass? It's just begun. Exactly. It's just begun. We're going to do even more of these podcasts. You think we did podcasts this like summer? We're, we're going to continue. And she wasn't wrong, to be honest. It's completely yeah. the truth. Uh, that is such a great story. A lot of people don't understand the... Uh, I can speak from experience. Uh, when I first started doing this, I had to figure things out. Now, you know, I deal with a lot of publicists, managers, agents, uh, talent, you name it. But I had to figure everything out. Me and my executive producer, who's also my brother, we had to figure this out on our own by just testing the waters and and seeing, well, how does what how does this work? What's the protocol for this? It's not like you this is, this is not something you can look up on Google. And uh, it's not. What are your thoughts no, on that? But I will say, like, if anybody 
is going to, you know, uh, film school or wants to learn how to produce, they should absolutely Google podcasts like this one because Alok is a wealth of knowledge. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, the fact is, <laughs> it's true. He doesn't have 83 million friends. He is very popular, but not, you know, he doesn't have the entire Netflix subscription base. But I'll never forget the time that he texted me at like 11 o'clock at night. And he was like, hey, are you busy? Can you buy the movie right now? I'll Venmo you the five bucks or whatever. And I was like, what? Like, okay, sure. And basically what he was doing was running an experiment. Like he wanted to see. Mm -hmm. He knew that at midnight on the on the West Coast that the, you know, the uh, iTunes charts rolled over and he wanted to see if he invested like a hundred bucks like if he could get 20 friends to to uh buy this movie in this you know short increment if he could kind of trick the system and you know at the time i was like seriously like is a low really texting everyone he knows and like getting them to buy this movie? like wow talk about well, I mean grassroots producing and of course he wasn't but he was he was using his head and he was thinking way outside the box like yeah. just like you're saying like there's no like how to the, mm -hmm. there's nowhere in a, a, a you know film class or um how to book that's going to tell you to do stuff like that you've just got to be you know always thinking which exactly is well i mean to to, to 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 be thank you naomi it's very sweet of you to say but to be to be clear and to be fair, what it was was that we had never gotten to number one in the United States. Mm -hmm. And I, it really meant a lot to me to get on the iTunes horror charts. iTunes is one of these places that actually keeps really updated charts and so forth. And to me, it meant something to get to number one. So we were like number eight. And they had lowered our price or something. So it was like, you know, 99 cents to rent or five, five bucks to buy. And I was like, I wonder if I got like 20 friends to buy it all exactly. It was like 10 o'clock at night on, on West Coast time, right? If, if 20 people bought the movie at the same time, where would we go on the chart? And it actually you know, went, from, went from like eight to five. And I was like, that is interesting information because in the future, if there's anybody who's ever like any, any horror friend producers of mine who were like, oh, I'm at number two, you know, we'll invest a hundred dollars. See if you can get to number one, like, you know, like just so you can have tagging right, for example. But it's an interesting experiment. It was an experiment. I'm just a curious person because, you know, again, I came from a, a background of doing market research for film. So I'm always curious about all these little details to yeah, see what can yeah. happen to, like, kind of, like, help a film, like, you know, mm -hmm. a, a film, you know, power through. And listen, the, the fact that it's a, a pandemic and we're in COVID, right, mm -hmm. it leveled the playing field. Like all these films, like whether it be Invisible Man or Fantasy Island or whatever, we were like competing with them. This little no budget film was competing, competing with them all over the world. And it still is actually. The weird thing is all this stuff happened, right? Like all this like, you know, great sort of like, um, you know, inter interviews and, and podcasts and, you know, like live streaming things like yours. And, and also, I mean, like, like, you know, getting more reviews, blah, blah, blah. And now... We're opening in countries that I know nobody in, and no one we know knows nobody in, pretty much. Like, the Middle East or, like, you know, wherever. Like, we're in Brazil right now. It's a, it's a country of 230 million people. We're number two right now. Wow. We've been number two for four days now. And I'm like, can't we get to number one? The answer is no, because Freaky is too damn good. You're just too damn good. I don't know how we're going to beat Freaky. But I'll tell you this. Like, it's happened, like, all over the world. Every country we've opened in, we've opened in the top five, like, to even, like, the top three. Or number one. Number one in eight different countries now. That's just awesome. Should not be. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great. Be, it's but, a like, gr we are. We yeah. It's a, oh, sorry, it's a great movie. My question to you is, before it landed on Netflix... It was on iTunes. It was, it was on all the major streamers: iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, Vudu, uh, you know, Directv, Spectrum, like how, everything. So, it opened on. So how but, do you get it on those platforms? Well, that's that's up to your distributor, sales agent. You got to have someone okay. who's really connected, and they they basically go and they preach for you. They talk Jesus to these people and say, "Listen, it's going to do business." And they trust. There's a trust between these, you know, different parties, right? Mm -hmm. And so you have to have someone who's really to go to bat to you, and you know. Danielle, uh, sorry, uh, Nicola and Greg from Dark Sky 
are just those people to champion little films like this. They, you know, they did you know Girl on the Third Floor. They've done like uh, a Honeymoon Phase, which is awesome, or not Host, the one from Shutter. Yeah. Actually, sorry, they're also one Shutter, but Host, the the movie plural Host, which mm-hmm. is an amazingly ferocious horror movie out of uh, England that these two filmmakers in. It's not it's not the Host. Yeah, to be confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, but they 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 champion that movie, for example, like right. So they they pick, they have a, they're good makers. They so, pick stuff that's really cool and that people want to see, and then they convince iTunes and Amazon that this is gonna be dope. So Dark Sky is that is that a production company or a production company and a distributor? No, they're well. Actually, they kind of wear many hats now, but they're basically um, a uh, sales agent distributor. But they also make films now too, as okay. well. Okay. So the last couple of years, I mean, they 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 they've made film. They have like they made Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer like back in the '80s or late '90s or early '90s or something like that. And they made like I mean, they had the rights to Texas Chainsaw and stuff like that. And they started off, I think, doing that kind of stuff and then evolved as a company. But they've been a- around for a long time. They're a very trusted company, a very honest company, which is hard to say uh, in the uh, in the field of sales agent distributors. I'd say like seventy percent of them uh, rip you off, and thirty percent of them are honest. Yeah. And they know people within the other countries that are then honest as well. So they are a very good boutique company that does great work and are an honest company. Awesome, awesome. Now, Naomi, how did uh, Alok uh, approach you to be the to appear in One BR? Well, again, because we're friends, um, he came to me mostly just like, what do you think of this? Like, should I dedicate the next couple years of my life to this? Uh, And, you know, uh, just as a friend, but also obviously, you know, at that point I'd sort of paved my way in the horror genre. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure, you know, he was thinking, oh, be fun to work with my friends. So um, he, I want to say he brought it to me like in in March. And I remember reading it and thinking, this is great. Like, uh, yeah, it's totally my genre. Like, I I have a fan base that would, you know, absolutely come see me in it. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, it's just well-written, you know. And, you know, I always think of it as almost like your script is like the blueprints. You know, um, the screenwriter is is your architect. And if if your plans don't hold up you don't have a house like it's not gonna stay up Mm -hmm. like and and so I read this knowing like you know what they've got the bones like the 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 structure the the story is there so you know there's plenty plenty can go wrong uh, in the the production and 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 in post-production but um if you don't have that solid foundation to start then you really are screwed exactly Um, so I knew I knew I wanted in uh, then it wasn't until I want to say maybe November that I actually uh, got the call a call from my agent for an audition, and I was like, "What? He's making me audition? What the like, hell? What's up, man? I'm like his good friend. He can't just offer it to me, but okay. <laughs> I mean, I understand now. It was really a formality. I didn't know David, the writer, uh, director, and you know, it was important to meet him. Um, uh, but you know, I he could have told me that. Like I, I, I had no idea. I thought, oh snap! I, I better get prepared. So I did. Um, although I'll never forget <laughs> the actual audition. Again, because it's a low budget, you know, uh, indie. Again, Alok's got to wear another hat. Now he's the reader uh, in the you know casting office, um, and. You know, uh, readers typically are often actors. Like they, they try to get someone who really, you know, act with you and work with you. Now, as many hats as Alok wears and and does his job very well, he is not an actor. Um, in fact, he we have spent many a drunken night playing Trivial Pursuit, and part of his strategy is reading the questions so jacked up that you have no idea what he just said. Like it doesn't even matter, you know. You may or may not have actually known the answers to that trivia question, but by the time Alok's finished asking it, you have no idea what he just said. It might even be in Sanskrit. You're not sure. <laughs> so. Here, Alok is like reading my slides. I'm like, this is not trailer pursuit. Like, 
it is not midnight. We are not drunk. And like, why are you trying to sabotage me? <laughs> anyway, um, that's. I mean, I'm not an actor in my defense. And I hope I never have to do this again. But I, I mean, for the record, I wasn't trying to fuck her. I was just trying to like read it best I knew to read and, you know, not being an actor or whatever. Just give her something to, you know, act against. But apparently I just like, it was not good at it. So I'll, I'll, I'll never do it again. No, take it. No, take it. But, uh, you know. Uh, now, uh, Alok, my brother has an interesting comparison for 1BR. He compares it, he puts it to, like, Rosemary's Baby meets The Village. What do you hmm. think about that uh, when it comes to 1BR? We get, a lot of Rosemary's, we get a lot of Rosemary's Baby, but we get, I think, just as much um, The Invitation, actually. Yes. Um, more yes. than... And, and the funny thing is, like, people will sometimes say, oh, you ripped off the invitation. But the funny mm. thing is, I went to high school with Matt Manfredi, who, along with Philip Hay, wrote The Invitation. And, uh, you know, Philip Hay is married to Karen Kusama, and they've done tons of awesome movies, like, whether it be Destroyer or the, the Freakin' documentary. I think they, like, produced that, too, uh, that one that was on Shudder. Uh, mm. But uh, I, I took the script to Matt beforehand, and we were at, like, some place in L.A. called... Um, beer belly that's like a place where you get good beer and fried twinkies and stuff and you know he, we met there and he's like listen your film has nothing to do with ours it, it, you know don't 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 you make that film and so i did and then it also turns out that i then um my next film i'm producing is with lisa lisa lenzanetta who's also one of the producers on the invitation who i just met separately than whatever but we just have the same you know whatever sensibilities we love the same script and we're going to make this movie together hopefully in uh, may and uh she also said it has nothing to do with it all right well i can come the horses now anyone make a comparison to it wouldn't you know is not right and if anything it's actually a very cool spiritual um well not a sequel but it's, it's actually more of a interesting double feature I would mm -hmm. tell you if people ever wanted to do that, that would be a fun thing. But Rosemary's Baby, we get quite a quite a lot of that. Also, um, the Tenant a little bit too. Yeah. Uh, a lot of Roman Polanski kind of feelings that go with that. And uh, I think that uh, you know, Marmer has the potential to be as good as uh, as Polanski without the rapey stuff. Yes. Yes. <laughs> now I have a question, and I don't want us to spoil the movie for those who have not watched it. It's in regard, obviously, well, to the very last uh, scene in the in the film, when we're going to try to be non-specific here. When the star is out in the street and we see the lights coming on in various other apartment complexes, does that mean uh, I was expecting her to get jumped by somebody, and it didn't happen? Were the alarms and the sirens going off without spoiling the movie, meaning that it's more than just the complex she was living in and it was spread out throughout the entire block? Well, I mean, clearly, yes. Um, you know, I think that no matter how describing this is going to, it's going to be spoilers no matter what, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just, it's I just mean, what it is or whatever, unfortunately, but, 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 um, listen, it's a, it's, it's clearly at the end or, I mean, it's clearly a bigger universe than we were led to believe in a way, mm -hmm. uh, what happens to her, um, remains to be seen. Uh, we couldn't tell you one way or other what happens, but I, I can tell you that we definitely have a, a sequel that um is going to is going to happen yes 100 and yes and, and so good is uh, Nic uh nicole coming back for the sequel i can't i can't tell you one way or other okay uh there's, okay. there's a lot of different directions to go with this um but i can tell you that you know she's one of the most amazing actresses i mean uh, she can cry eight different ways uh you know um, Taylor Nichols, who plays Jerry, our sort of like uh, leader of the complex and stuff, always says it's really hard to kill a good horror movie. Yeah. And I feel like that is absolutely the case. Yeah. And uh, we really can't wait to show you what happens next. We're just trying to figure out the right home for it, whether that would be theatrical or, you know, we would love to be on a Netflix. I mean, I feel like they... Uh, they could do with a couple new a couple of different franchises. I mean, they have the babysitter stuff going on, but I think that this 
really could be, you know, their purge or something like that. I mean, the, pur- the first purge movie, you know, by everyone's like, because I, I, I used to test movies uh, and, and we tested that, um, you know, was it was it was it was an interesting film, but it wasn't a great film. It, it subsequently got better. Mm-hmm. And now, again, five films and a television series, right? Yeah. Um, there's definitely places we can go to make this so interesting. And we just, we we have to sort of J.J. Abrams it in a way. We got to keep it in the box. Yeah. I can't tell you what's in the box. You I might gotcha. pay to see what's in the box. So that's that's the whole thing about it. But I mean, listen, I would love to you know, talk about it all day long, but we just want to be, oh, yeah. be, be right to the fans and, and, and hold that back. Yeah. And going. Is still alive. Oh, that's, that's what I was going to ask Nash. And, you know, let's face it. Um, <laughs> was she supposed to say that? She didn't quite get the screen <laughs> yeah. time that she she could have used. The fact is, this was shot over two different periods. We, we shot this at first um, around Christmas because, mm-hmm. uh, well, it's a low-budget uh, movie, and Alok is a money-grabbing producer, mm-hmm. and he knew that um, that's a time of year when you can kind of, you know, if you can get the actors, you can get them usually pretty cheap. Yeah. You can get everybody so, pretty cheap. <laughs> uh, uh, you see, I, know, I so didn't know that. we shot over the holiday, and then we shot, we had to do some reshoots. Uh, they weren't quite done, and so we came back in September, nine months later, to finish it up. And the fact is, Alok got me back because he said, we squandered Janice. We realize now what we've done. We were, uh, the movie's about Janice. What were we thinking? Please, won't you please come back? And of course I fell for it, would you believe it? Now this happened to be the same weekend of the Emmys, okay? And I happened to be nominated. So I'm like, okay, fine jerk i could have been at you know half a dozen gifting suites getting you know diamonds and trips to barbados but no instead i'm basically a background extra for my you know buddy alone but that's it's all right it's okay because i knew it was worth it here i am do i do every podcast around because i know he will remember when it comes when it comes back to TBR or whatever, you know, this next, this, I mean, uh, it could be, it could be, so it could be one BR, the Chronicles of Janice for all we know. Okay. Well, well, so just to be clear here, Naomi saying that Janice is still alive is her wish for the character of Janice to still be alive. I mean, even horror movies, you don't have to be alive to be a central character. I mean, this could be Sixth Sense, maybe. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I could be, it could be a I mean, there could be, there could be a prequel. Exactly. I I mean, Taylor and Nick, well, I mean, listen, there's some, we're telling some spoilers here with everything we've been saying. So I hope people, maybe you can put something at the beginning of it. Please watch the movie first and then listen to this or something. Oh, no, it's try for it live. Okay, okay. We're all saying this live. I'm sorry. Um. I would tell you this, um, you know, uh, the, a prequel could be very interesting as yes. well, is the thing. There could be a lot of interesting mythology to explore mm-hmm. that reveals even more interesting things. We don't know. I mean, how far and how wide this entire sort of thing goes without going into too much detail. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, one another thing I'm sort of holding out for is the fact that this uh, while we were shooting 1BR, our um one of our production vans got stolen in the night. Production truck. It was like, yeah, one of our production trucks. So, you know, there was a PA that was basically I, I'm surprised it wasn't a low, frankly. He does all the things, but no, they hired like a uh, a PA to basically babysit the production trucks mm-hmm. uh, overnight, and glad they did because sure enough, one of them was jacked. There was this wow. truck stealing ring uh, that basically uh, uh, drove one of our trucks away, Jeez. and um, and it, listen, it was on the news like. If you tuned in to the, you know, eleven o'clock news that night, you'd watch this high. It speed was, it was, it was a televised high-speed chase. Wow. Um, which essentially went from freeway to freeway. We could tell you that all the different freeways, like the Californians from like that SNL script, but uh, sorry, that that, that that skit rather. But Naomi, sorry, I interrupted you. No, I mean this, but this high-speed chase stars one of the most hot felons you've ever seen in your life. Like when they finally 
surround, you know, the, all the squad cards, like, come up on the guy. And Helicopter. all of a he gets out, he is, like, Brad Pitt beautiful. <laughs> and let me tell you, these cops did not want to mess with the facha. You know, they were like, oh, okay. Because, you know, LAPD has a terrible rap for, you know, I mean, it's really, you know, brutal behavior with but not this guy oh no too pretty for that but in any case alok um apparently has some sort of deal like he's supposed this guy's supposed to like pay reparations or something i have my own plan i would i think he can work it off i think you know janice janice is lonely she's just lost her husband She's she's gonna need to you know. She needs to rediscover some. what it means to be a woman. Naomi, and you are a hoot. I love you. You are a hoot. I mean, you are hysterical. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I was gonna tell you one more thing. Like, okay, yeah, I'm supposed to pay us reparations and all the whole thing. But you know, if you want to see the handsome felon for yourself, it's actually on the Blu-ray slash DVD uh, in America. Uh, it's that footage is on there because when we were at Fantasia and premiered, um, the whole thing about it was that the cast and crew didn't know this had happened, right? Mm -hmm. I got a call in the middle of the night, oh, this happened, da, da, da. I didn't get it until the morning, and then like I was like, well, what the fuck happened? And they were like, oh, well, this is, uh, you know, this truck. The truck company, Cinepower, was so good, they put a truck out there, got everything loaded, whatever, even though they've been in a, you know, you know, been rocking back and forth in the truck with this high-speed chase and the engine was damaged and whatever. They took all this stuff. We started an hour late. No one knew why we were an hour late. Didn't tell anybody. We didn't tell the director. We didn't tell David until actually the rap party. And then we told the cast and crew when we were actually at Fantasia doing the Q&A, they were like, hey, I think we got some footage. Let's roll this. And that is on the Blu-ray DVD. That is so if you so... want to purchase it, you're, you're going to see it there. So that's another reason well, if you've already known the movie. Bucks, yeah. Ladies, gay men, I'm telling you, this guy is, it's worth it. And not only that, but I'm pretty sure I get, I have like points on this movie. So I might actually get paid for this movie <laughs> if you buy this Blu-ray DVD. So please, um, and, and to be clear, it's like it's around seventeen or eighteen dollars. I want to say, just not five dollars. But uh, but anyways, it's worth it's worth it's worth the price of admission just for the hot felon. Right? <laughs> that is so awesome. I got. I mean, I I don't even know where to begin with that. Now, um, how long is the movie for now going to be on Netflix? Um, uh, we're not. I mean, well, I mean, I would. Well, I mean, I don't want you to give away too much, but is well, there a deal I, I, that I, I there? It's it's not it's not for a long time unless a, a deal will be struck. I I feel very positive about a deal being struck, and that's which is why I don't want to say it's it's not going to be on. Okay, okay, I get, I totally get that. So, I totally get you know, that. Things are in the works, you know. So people can understand how Netflix works. Uh, this is a general, not just one br. They can either buy the rights to a movie for a certain amount of time, or they they can just buy it outright for the you know the whole life. And does that mean you sell Netflix the rights to any sequels and whatnot? Well, I'm sure that's something to be arranged. Everything's on a movie by movie basis. But like you know, listen, we we love Netflix. We want to be in the Netflix family. We you know, uh, David Marmer has a, a really in, uh, it's it's even one be. Can I just tell, tell you that it's even better than one br his next movie like um you know he's he's he is a mike flanagan spielberg wrapped into one like he has so many great ideas and, and i'm so glad his first movie like blew up in the way that we can you know hopefully you know get him out there for other projects that are horror and other things too right yeah. so we, we would love to be part of the netflix family we hope that they you know hopefully do the right thing well i mean they do what they want to do or yeah. do what they can do for the first movie and maybe even for the sequel but there are other people that are very interested in the sequel i can tell you that and in, in a theatrical sense that that is to be the case right mm -hmm. so we're interested to see how far uh, this thing will go you guys did Excited. great uh naomi janice was great you know she was married to us, you know, somebody who has a few apples short of a fruit basket. 
Okay. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, the funny thing is, and, and I think that Naomi would tell you this as well, is that like David came to them and was like, you know, listen, these people don't think they're doing anything wrong. In fact, they no. think they're trying to help people. And, mm-hmm. and in fact, like the way I looked at it, it was like, um, you know, the movie American History X, right? Where you see Edward Norton giving this speech before the skinheads going to the like the supermarket. Yeah. And they're and, and the speech is so compelling and you and you're like, oh my gosh, I th- I think they're right. I think wait, wait, what? They're Nazis. I can't they can't be right, you know? So you kind of like go to this place you where you kind of believe yeah. that yeah. yeah, that the, this 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 organization is actually like they believe in what they do, mm-hmm. you know, and and uh, Naomi would tell you she wants to be a good mother and you know and everything else to her daughter in the in the, in the movie and 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 but but yet you know the methods for what how they do things are obviously a bit not right perhaps let's no, say you no, know uh, no yeah yeah. Uh, taking people yeah and try to convert them to your ways to be general about it is not the right way to do things uh the writing was great the acting was fantastic the directing uh the producing it's just a great film and to me i'm actually shocked that it took so long to land on netflix it was it's an amazing film naomi do you have, you know, let's pretend uh, Alok is not listening. Do you have any regrets whatsoever about being a part of 1BR? No, um, not regrets about being a part of it. Um, but yes, Alok <laughs> made the gesture. Um, you know, There's I, a big I ring check coming. So I gave him a good deal, let's yeah, just say. Yeah. And um, I think had I been a little bit more of a scrupulous, like, you know, businesswoman, I could have still worked with my friend and he would have had me work less days. <laughs> you know, so the point is we want to work, you know, smarter, not harder. And uh, because he, um, you know, because I gave him such a good rate, he could afford me, you know, 10 days. I could have given him a 10, you know, 10 times my rate number, and I would have probably gotten the same amount of screen time and, you know, done it all in one day. And, and that's all. I would, have, I would have liked to have gone to Barbados, okay? I would, <laughs> She's I would really have upset about not going to Barbados. Time, all right? So... Well, I mean, she, it was it was the Emmys were kind of her time to shine. I mean, how exactly. often do you get nominated for an Emmy? And, I, mean, and I understood it. I mean, that's, me, I you know, like, that shows you know. what kind of a friend you have right there to no, get you know, you know what? I know that. And yeah. I, I I thank her like, you know, all the time. The, you know, I really do. It's, it, even, you know, behind the scenes, whatever, even in public, obviously in public, but just like, you know, we, we're, we're, oh, we're I'm best. I'm kidding. By the way, I'm always joking. I read out. No, no, no. no. But, 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 but she's not, but she's not wrong. Totally she's- fine. At the, at the end of the day, again, I got the long vision. I know that this film had, I knew it had potential not only for this film, but for the future, for the mm-hmm. future of this franchise, mm-hmm. for the future of this relationship, um, you know, as actor, producer, working together. So, you know, obviously I want to be as amenable as I can be, exactly. um, you know, but a look better hope I get an, uh, nominated for another Emmy. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, no, if listen. I die never having gone to the Bahamas, I'm going to be bombed. I would be listen, too. Listen, listen. Hopefully, for the next movie, we'll do so well with it. I'm just gonna fly you to the Bahamas, and then this will be over. Like it'll be like, all right, listen. This is where you go diving with sharks. Don't get killed. This is where you do this over here. This is where you do. <laughs> now, Naomi, we're out of time, but I got one last question for you. Sure. Are we gonna see Pepper again? Oh, I mean, I, I know you can't really say, but can you give us a hint? don't know okay let let me rephrase the question let me rephrase it would you be willing to shave the head again and go back to being pepper of course okay oh no first of all being pepper as 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 a good time as i have as as you know i i like to joke i'm five feet of fun but pepper is even more fun being pepper is so much more fun than being naomi if you can imagine (laughs) um yeah no and guess what you know um 
you know, I may be single, but that's not a by choice. I'm holding out for that hot felon, okay? You know, men don't care about hair. That's the truth, ladies. Like, you don't have to work as hard as you do. So, yeah, I would happily shave my head. I would happily go back. I mean, that show is like every actor's dream oh, yeah, yeah. production, 100%. The fact is, these are not, it's not up to me. You know what I mean? Like, that's really, a, that's a question for, you know, Ryan Murphy and the, and the producers. Um, you know, I didn't even know that I was coming back the first time. Like, when, you know, Pepper, uh, I want to say I had, like, a guarantee of, like, three episodes. I was in those first three episodes of Asylum, and then I went pee, and we never heard from me again. And, and you know, uh, as people were watching, they were like, well, what happened to Pepper? Did she fall in? Is, is she doing number two? Like, what's going on? She's she's still in the bathroom. And, of course, I was like, uh, I didn't know. All I knew is they said, um, uh, you know, you're wrapped for now. Don't cut your hair. <laughs> Which, of course, was a good, you know, good sign that we may be seeing more of me. But, you know, until you have those dates, yeah. until the contract is signed, like, ah. So, you know, the fact is, I am the last to know these things, yeah. if you can imagine. Uh, well, the, other, the, the other thing is that she's also in uh, Apocalypse, and she is playing a Satanist. So she's played another yes. character in addition to that. Yeah. So she could come back. I mean, if it's not Pepper, maybe it's It'll be somebody Satan. else. I mean, that's what American yeah. Horror Story is. It's an anthology. I, I, hope, I, hope it's a, I hope it's a third character, frankly, like yeah. you're saying, right? Yeah. Like, uh, you can do awesome. anybody. I have no doubt. You can play and do any character they throw your way. The good news is, and I'm looking at the little chat. Somebody said I'm a talker. You bet it. You That's my brother. <laughs> oh, hi. Well, the fact is, though, but I feel like because I can see, you know, people are interacting. It's not just like American Idol where you, you, the audience, can actually affect change. Like even, you know, horror fans. Uh, AHS fans, 1BR fans, if you want to see more Pepper or you just want to see more Naomi, get on it. You know, tweet, twat, you name it. Get on your social media and, and look, look for that little blue check mark. Make sure it's the real deal. You know, exactly. people are always begging me to come back. And I'm like, no one wants this more than me. So, you know, uh, talk to the higher ups. Absolutely. They, they, I'm going to write them. I'm going to write Murphy and tell them. Just to do exactly that, to monitor what fans want. So if that's what you want, make it happen. If you don't want that, then step away from the computer. You know, find a book. <laughs> yeah, this has been the funnest hour. I swear to God. Naomi, Alok, thank you so much for coming here. Uh, I feel we could keep on talking for another five hours, but I do got to cut it at an hour. Uh, I love 1BR. I wish it all the success in the world. I want to see a sequel. There are so many endless possibilities as to where to take this story, whether it be a sequel or a prequel. You can take it, you guys. I mean, it, it could be a television series. It could be a television know, right? series. You guys produced it. You wrote it in a way that it has endless possibilities. I loved it. And I'm glad that I over the last week been mentioning to people and a lot of people have watched it as well uh wow. thank you so much both of you naomi you are someone i want to go have a drink with and because you are a blast <laughs> you are an absolute blast both of you uh it's been amazing as always uh i want to have you guys back if you know whatever happens with b1br i want you guys to come back to this show uh any final I mean, thoughts we should, we should we should do an episode when we're drinking then you'd see some oh stuff. my like, god <laughs> i can only imagine naomi when she's drunk <laughs> all, all of us uh, you know it's gonna be a good time but we'd rather we'd rather get drunk with you in person so hopefully that can happen exactly later, like, hopefully COVID, we can COVID get back yeah hopefully we can get back to some kind of normalcy here guys thank you so much for being here thank you so much to our audience it's been a absolutely fantastic hour uh, uh look any final thoughts you want to share uh no i will i mean uh can i tell you um i, I don't want to promote anyone else's show but we're doing a watch along for film threat they're okay. good they're good they're good buddies of ours and so i would say that on friday that's going to happen at five 
o'clock. And uh, please um, continue watching One Viewer. More than anything, please tell your friends. Exactly. Because good word of mouth for a little film like this only helps us. It's better than any trailer I can pay to have cut. Absolutely. I mean, um, please, please tell your friends. And uh, that's that's what I would tell you. And, uh, of course, thank you to Naomi Grossman, my partner in crime. Yeah, Naomi, what are your final thoughts? Yeah, no, I would say same, uh, you know, as many friends as Alok has, he's already paid us all to buy the movie. So we're, he needs more friends. He needs more people, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, no, um, uh, this was a really fun conversation. So do please, uh, I'm, I'm sure I know this was live, but if you uh, have it broadcast anywhere, let me know. Oh, and it's I'll permanently, it's going to be permanently sure to archived. Share it on all my socials. Oh, yeah. And of yeah. course, uh, I got to tell people to, to follow me well, there. Naomi, um, I did tag you on the promo for this show on your Instagram. Oh gosh. You know what? I'm out of town, and yeah, I, I yeah. had a blizzard, actually. Yeah. Um, That's right, yeah. I heard. So I'm, I'm just glad we had even, like, internet to be able to do this. It's been really kind of hairy. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so I apologize. I, I didn't see that. But no, um, no, anyway, that's fine. I that's fine. I'm going to archive it. Repost and yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, yeah, so if, if people want to follow me on uh, uh, all the all the socials, um uh, they can see me in the blizzard on TikTok um, from yesterday. But uh, my my uh, handle is uh, Naomi W. Grossman. Naomi W. Grossman, absolutely. Guys, thank you so much. Thank you so much to our audience. It's been an absolute treat and a pleasure. And I'm definitely having you guys back. Everybody stay safe till tomorrow. Tomorrow we are having the star of 1BR, Nicole Bryden-Bloom, is our guest. So until tomorrow, guys, Ooh. stay safe and stay walking.